Welcome to Invoking Witchcraft, the podcast where the sacred and profane come out to play. So call the quarters and set the round. It's time for another episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Invoking Witchcraft Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jay Allen Cross, and I am here with... Britton Boyd. Hi. Hi. We're very excited to be talking to you guys today. Today is our last um, episode, at least for now, about kind of traveling while witchy. We're going to do some travel spells. But before that, there's been some traveling happening amongst us as well. I've I've heard something about a, a hot spring that may have some sort of supernatural situation happening mm-hmm. over in Britain's Corner. Tell me about yeah. that. Yeah. So I've... I went to the hot spring once, but I have two more appointments to go back to the hot spring in this coming week. I'm going tomorrow, actually. And it is a uh, or had previously been. So it is a, a hotel now. It's a resort. They, you know, they got beds and, and et cetera. And then you can go soak in the soaking pools. But the building itself is brick and it was an old asylum. Oh, you know which one I I'm know where you're talking about. about. Okay, yes. yeah. So you've you've gone. Okay. Yes. Tell me more. So Tell me more. And um, so I had to like check in inside the building before I went to the hot spring because I was only there to soak. Mm-hmm. And I walk in the building, and well, first off, the woman who was working the counter was uh beautiful. She mesmerized me. I was like, oh my gosh, like where did you? Mm-hmm. She looked like a fairy. I was like, where'd you come from? Like, hey, hey, <laughs> and um, yeah, so I get my like the the little sheet about what not to do, like no glass, etc. Anyway, and I like walk through the building because you have to walk through the building to get to the soaking area. And I'm just peeping around and looking at the hallways and looking at the walls and looking at the rooms. And I'm like, this place is haunted. She hainted. She hainted. To all hail. Really? It's like, I'm not even a, I'm not a paranormal investigator. I'm not like, I'm not a ghost hunter or anything like that. But when I walked in, I was like, there is a vibe here. Like a deep vibe. But it was an asylum. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not giving the location because I just want to protect my own identity and like where I live and stuff. It was an old asylum. It was like a training ground for nurses in World War II. And it was a sanitarium. And it had burned down like part of the building had burned down and then they reconstructed it. And um, previously I had heard, I think through UJ, that the previous owners um, denied any haunting. Yes, that was a thing for a while. That was very weird. Because, right. like, the jig is up. We all know. <laughs> we, yeah, like, locals know. Like, everyone mm-hmm. knows this place is haunted. So, um, the soaking pools were absolutely fabulous. It, it You have, like, three pools, and then um, it overlooks a thermal lake, and then you get, like, mountain views. It's just stunning, and I get to go back twice this coming week. So, it's been... It's been a very therapeutic week of like hanging out with friends and soaking in the pools as like winter dies off and like warming my bones up and getting all getting the sap running. Yes. Yes. It's that kind of like that springtime reawakening. Um, So when you were there, did you go Mm -hmm. into the chapel? (gasps) No. 
okay, when you go back, when you go back, you have to go into the chapel because the chapel is weird and I love it. And the whole thing is super haunted. Um, and there's like, there's like local legends because the hot springs there are like really super hot. Yes. Like to the point that there are signs everywhere that are like, do not run and jump into this lake. You will die. Yes. Um, like it, like there's signs everywhere that are like, do not do that. Cause it looks like just like you just look at it. It just looks like a lake. It just looks like water, yeah. but there's like all this steam coming up off of it. And so they're like, just do not jump into this. And so when they kind of put it into the soaking pools, it has to go through the system and then it's, it's it cools a little bit. Um, but there was, there was lore that when things would go wrong, when it was kind of a hospital asylum, sanitarium sort of situation, um, that when things would go wrong with, experimental procedures that they would then just put these people into the lake as a way of kind of cleaning up after themselves or covering it up. So that's some, that's stories that I grew up with that. Now, whether that actually happened or not, I highly doubt it, but you know, that it's something that I've, I've always kind of like had weird under my skin about it, which is kind of unfortunate because like if we go further back than when that structure was there, that was actually a very kind of sacred place for yes. local indigenous people for mm-hmm. healing. Like hot springs are very important. So there's, there's so many layers to that area. That's so mm-hmm. neat. Yes. I, I overheard there was like a um, groundskeeper who was doing some maintenance in the area. And I overheard him talking to somebody about the history of the place. And I only picked up little tiny, tiny tidbits but I really want to like do some deep investigation on this place and like learn about the lore and history of it. And, um, and there's not a lot of information about it. It is on Wikipedia. Mm -hmm. Um, but there's just like not a lot of information that there, I, I wonder if there's a book written about this place because it feels like there should be. Maybe if I look in local bookshops or if I look at like a travel center or something, Mm -hmm. they'll have some stuff, but, um, yeah, so wait, I have to back up at something you said. Did you say they were like dumping bodies in the lake? Well, that was that's like rumor. Um okay. that's 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 tales we were told because when I was growing up in that area, it was still all abandoned and mm-hmm. super scary looking. And so um when we would go there, people it would it was like a thing where um kids would show up and you'd have to like they dare each other to go up to the third floor which is where they had like the operating area or whatever back in the day so it's like the the scariest level and even to this day they haven't opened the third floor yet because they're working on turning it into a museum um so when i was there they had a bunch of signs that were like do not come up here we will cancel your reservation and kick you out like if we catch you up here um but it's that was kind of so growing up, it was very kind of a much scarier place than it is now. Now that mm-hmm. it's been redone and remodeled, um, it was very different then. And they actually it was like a scariest places on Earth or or America's most haunted or something like that came and did um, a show there, like a paranormal investigating TV show really? episode there. Yeah, it was it was terrible. A lot of people who like we knew who were part of it because they would bring locals in. Mm-hmm. Um, were like it was totally staged they'd be like okay oh. we're gonna push this off of a shelf and then you scream and you run and like oh. so it, that was unfortunate but it is very haunted I can attest to that both as yes. a psychic um, and a paranormal investigator but I remember going there when I was a child because I was maybe 
somewhere between like eight and 11 years old when they first announced that they were going to reopen it and, Mm -hmm. and do stuff with it. And so they had fixed up one little area of it, kind of like that main area that you walk into Mm -hmm. and they, they fixed just that part up and then invited people there to, to see kind of like a a preview of what the rest of it would look like when they did that. Mm -hmm. And at that time, my psychic ability was already waking up, but I didn't Mm -hmm. have vocabulary for it. I didn't have training for it. I didn't have any of that stuff. So me walking into that place, like before they had fixed it up, was really, really intense as far as like things that I was picking up, things that I was seeing, um, things that had gone on there, especially because I'm what they call post-cognitive, which means I see the past of what has happened in a place. And so my mom was like, (laughs) she's like, because she saw like that they were doing that. And she's like, do you want to go? And I'm like, sure. And it was just me and her that went. And then on our way home, she's like, she's like, you didn't speak for like six hours after we got there and left. Oh my she's God. like, um, she's like, what happened there? And I'm like, I don't know. There was stuff. People were doing procedures. I was not into it. Like, it, it was a lot for a little kid. But so last year I actually stayed there coming back and I was really nervous to stay there because I was like, am I even going to be able to sleep in this place? Is it going to be too much? Um, but we actually ended up having a great time. There's something to be said about kind of remodeling a place and putting a fresh coat of paint on it. That really does kind of help to, to fix up some of mm-hmm. what is there vibrationally. Um, so I, I did have a pleasant time there. We are looking at coming back in the fall and I am planning on bringing paranormal investigators with me. So I will let you know when that happens and oh then my we, God, can, yes. we can go and check it out. So I really, really want to do that. Yes. We can have like a party. Yes. And have some, I want to do some table tipping. There is on the second floor, um, there is this really cute little sitting room area. Mm-hmm. And so I want to go in there and see if we can do like a seance. We're going to do some table tipping, see if we can get some responses and then um, go from there. So, Oh gosh. And then have a nice cleansing soak afterwards. Just get all the, yes, all the stuff off of us. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So see what happens, everybody. When you do a little traveling, do a little adventuring, you'll find Mm -hmm. some weird haunted places to go hang out in. Love me a haunted hotel. So if you guys have favorite haunted hotels or favorite haunted locations that you like to travel to, definitely let us know. I always love to hear about them. And I always love new destinations of places to go to. Absolutely. Mm. I am going to be doing some traveling of my own here in a moment. By the time this airs, I will actually already be back. But um, I am going to Mexico, which Mm -hmm. means I am currently in the um, throes of getting ready for it. So I'm doing a lot of packing, doing some spells, doing some things to kind of make sure everything goes well. Um, One of the things I was going to try and do before I left was clean my tarot cards Cause I don't know if uh-huh. you've ever had this happen where, you know, I've had this tarot deck for years and years and I, I don't mind a little bit of a patina on it, but they're starting to like stick together. Yes. They, they get like, okay. I noticed this because they, yeah, I get like gunk on the edges. And sometimes when I'm just spacing out, I'll sit here and run my nail across it and like get rid of all the, the gunk. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 
So I posted, because I went to go look online. I'm like, okay, how do you like clean your tarot cards? And a million billion hits came back for cleansing your tarot cards. And I'm like, no, that is not what I mean. I need to scrub them. Yeah, I need to scrub them. I need to actually clean them. And so I posted on Twitter um, and had a few good um, people come back with good ideas. Um, One person, I think it was Temperance, that said um, that she uses... Uh, like a little bit of rubbing alcohol and like a cotton and a cotton pad to do mm-hmm. it, uh, which I might try. And then Dalton um, said that when they did it, they used like some really dilute, like um, like Dawn um, dish detergent in water, mm-hmm. and then use like a little Q-tip to kind of go over them, and mm-hmm. then wipe them off. But the the tip that was kind of recommended that I thought was the best was to stay away from the very edges. Cause once you contact the edges, then it will soak in, mm-hmm. then it will like wick the moisture into the card. So it's about staying away from the edges. So I, I think I might give them a once over before we leave. Yeah. You know what I like to do is Florida water, Florida water on a cotton, cotton ball. And then mm. I just, I lay the card flat and then I just kind of press it into, I, I mean, I'm really rough with my cards, so I don't yeah. mind getting the edges a little soaked. But the Florida water is so high in alcohol content that it just dries mm. pretty immediately. But that's what I do because it like cleans your deck physically and then refreshes the deck energetically. So you kind of two birds stoned at once. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I'm looking to get... Um, like just my standard writer weight deck, which is the one that I love to use the most um, in the PVC cards, the like plastic cards. Yeah. Cause they're so durable and I really like how they feel and they can get wet and all kinds of stuff. So if I need to just mm-hmm. like, you know, dunk them in a bucket of water and like scrub them, I can do that. So I'm, I might upgrade to that. Yeah. Um, I was hoping to do that before I left because when we're traveling, um, having something that's really sturdy like that is really helpful, but I'm going to take my regular paper cards. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I wish you all the luck traveling to Mexico and I hope you have the best of time. It sounds like it's going to be like a whirlwind trip. It is going to be a whirlwind trip. I'm going to go there and back. I'm going for um, a friend's wedding, but with COVID and everything like that, we were going to stay there a little bit longer, but we decided to kind of cut it short, which is sad. But um, Mexico will be there for me and I will come back to it and it will be great. So I'm very excited Mm -hmm. to kind of get at least a little glimpse of it while I'm there. Um, But up until that, we're going to be talking some travel magic here. Um, Mm -hmm. And we're going to go over a few different types of spells here because... You know, when you travel, travel takes so much. It takes so many different things. We need money to do it. We need opportunity to do it. We need to make sure that we're safe while we're doing it, that we're set up for success when we go. So we're going to be talking about a few different kinds of spells that we uh, recommend that we use or have used ourselves Mm -hmm. before traveling. Um, So we're going to be covering money spells today. We're going to be looking at some protection spells, some road openers, possibly some cleansing and uncrossing as well um, that we're going to be checking out. Um, Is there one of these that you want to start with or is there a favorite one that you like? Hmm. 
Um, you know, I kind of want to talk a little bit about money before you go off on a journey, because right now travel has really been on the brain, not just because of the podcast, but because I am a restless AF right now. And I'm actually thinking about taking a pretty big road trip uh, in the summertime to go visit my family who live in Kentucky, Georgia and Florida. So this would be a long haul road trip in my my little new RAV4, which I'm so happy about. So I've been thinking about the money factor. So if you like have a trip, you know, you want to take. So say you're in my position where you're like, okay, I want to do this road trip in the summer. And I'm already thinking about money. I'm also like, weirdly, I don't know where this comes from in my astrology. I am a planner. I love Mm -hmm. to plan and I love to like scheme how I can get something done. So what I've been thinking about doing is like thinking about my money making avenues that I have coming into me and enhancing them and then enhancing that with a bit of money magic. So Mm -hmm. I am um, really basic with my money magic spells. I do have a lodestone that I work with regularly. But I also just love candle magic and timing candle magic to coincide when I know I'm going to have an influx of money coming. So I time it with the full moon. Mm. And that that week leading up to the full moon, I will light a seven day candle and to have it finish burning, hopefully, because, you know, seven day candles are they got minds of their own. <laughs> Three to five to nine days. <laughs> yeah. so whenever they're done. Um, so I'll go ahead and get a green seven day candle and I will uh, rub it down with Florida water. And then I will take a gold or silver Sharpie. Mm-hmm. Really like gold and silver Sharpies will really up your money magic game. It's they're awesome. And then I will just draw all over the candle, you know, like money sigils, um, the success sigil and all of that. And then I poke four little holes on the top of it, you know, super classic seven day candle style, Put a, some, a pinch. You don't want to make a pipe bomb here, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I put just a pinch of herbs that are aligned to my money-making purpose. And then um, a few drops of money-drawing oil. And then I pray over it. And then I knock it three times on the table to set it. And then I light that bad boy up. And, um, and so I time it. You know, and this is like coincides with my trip planning. Um, Mm. so I'm bringing in extra money so that I can squirrel it away for my trip. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And there's, there's two things. So the first one, um, you knock it three times to set it. I love that. I haven't heard that before, but that is Mm -hmm. kind of a good way to go about that. Does it kind of like for for you, do you feel like that gets the ball rolling or it kind of like seals the candle up? So it's ready to go. How how does that feel to you? Yeah. It's, it like sets it for me. It like you, Mm -hmm. you, you charge it up and then I, yeah, I do a Mm -hmm. on the table three times. Sorry, y'all might hear my dog bark because she's like, somebody's <laughs> at the door. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, it just like sets and kind of like seals the energy up. Mm, I like mm-hmm. that. I like that. I've heard of it. Um, I, I, I've heard that used in a few different ways, kind of. I mean, the, the knock three times situation is is kind of a, a, a big thing in witchcraft that we see mm-hmm. a lot. Um I've seen it too, where it's in a candle spell where people will start with that to awaken the spirit of the candle, oh, kind yeah. of like if you're approaching candle magic from like an, an, an animistic perspective, then you kind of wake it up. And then when you're charging it and you're dressing it and stuff like that, then it's like sort of like listening. 
mm-hmm. um, a little bit and you're kind of telling it what you want. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's interesting. And I think you could do both. Actually, I this might yeah. have just changed my candle spell game. I might start with it and end with end it with as it. well. That's what I was just thinking. Yeah, I think I mm-hmm. look at look at us. We're just see learning things. We're learning along with you guys. <laughs> We're figuring <laughs> it out as we go. So y'all out there, give that a shot. See if you like it. That is interesting. I do like that. So when it comes to money, magic, and travel, well, I mean, money, magic in general, um, really likes us to have um, set dollar amounts. It really likes yes. the the actual numbers, you know, because if you're just like, I want money, the universe is like, here's 50 cents in the couch kitchens. Um, so if you're mm-hmm. going to be traveling and you need something like, okay, a plane ticket, and a plane ticket's going to set me back... or however much it is, um, then we know how much it is that we need. And then we can let our money spell know that. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to have a much higher success of bringing that amount of money in or kind of being like, or even if you don't know specifically how much it's going to cost, but you know, like I'm going to need at least about this much, um, any sort of dollar amounts or direction or specificity that you can give your money spell, um, the better it's going to work for you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love that. That was an element that I totally forgot to mention. Yeah, is that set dollar amount. Um, I love that. Thank you for bringing that up. Totally, totally. I love that. Um, so yeah, so definitely work your money magic. And remember, there is no shame in money magic. Sometimes people have right. um, concerns about like, oh, it's capitalism and all that. And it's like, yes, it is. But we also have to survive in our capitalist society. And it is okay to want or or need or ask for money in order to do the things that we want or need to do in this world. Mm-hmm. So never be afraid to do money magic. It's not taking from somebody else. And it's not... Um, kind of this old folk tale of if you ask for money, then someone near you will die and you'll get their insurance or something like that. Yeah. Doesn't, doesn't really work that way. Um, I also do recommend, of course, specificity is always great. I like to, when I do um, money spells to say that um, like I get this money free and clear because sometimes mm-hmm. I'll do a money spell and I'll end up getting the opportunity to borrow that amount of money. Yeah. And I'm like, no, that's not what I need. Like, right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and another thing with the shame factor is um, if you are feeling a little hesitant to do money magic because you're like, oh, you know, there's just a finite amount of it in the world. Think about all those billionaires hoarding the wealth and just think about that money, just like taking it from them. That's what I that's what I think of is like they're hoarding it. (laughs) Light your candle for some some of Jeff Bezos money. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> 100%. I like that. That's a good way to put that together. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. So we have um, cast a spell for some money so that we got to travel. Um, what I then like to do, of course, is to do road opening work, mm-hmm. um, especially if you're going to be going on a long trip or a trip that might be kind of complicated. Um you know, if you're just like flying somewhere for like a day or two or whatever, that's that's one thing. But especially like with what Britain's talking about, about, um, you know, going on a big road trip. Yeah. Um, I like to do some road opening work. Um, do you do you have a favorite way of going about a road opening or do you have favorite things to work with when you go to do that kind of work? You know, I 
don't often do road opening candles for mm-hmm. myself. Honestly, what I do is I do a road opening on the body um, because oh. I want to carry that energy with me because it's me that needs the road open. You know, yes. does that make sense? So it does. It's, it's really simple. I just take a cleansing bath with like rue, hyssop, rosemary, basil, just clean myself up. And then mm-hmm. when I'm done with that, I usually use blessing oil along with road opener. And I, I go from in an upward motion from my feet to my head. I just mm-hmm. apply the oil. And while I'm doing that, before I start, I clap three times and I call to mm-hmm. my ancestors and to my spirits that they may help open the way for me mm-hmm. as well. And then I apply it on my body. That's generally how I do road opener work um, is I put it on myself I'm not opposed to candles whatsoever mm-hmm. or anything like that. Um, I, I just find it a little more effective it's if it's on my person. Um, yes. So that's usually how I work. Or, you know, like carry um, a small pouch or a, a charm bag of road opening herbs with a dab of road opener oil on it. Um, so mm-hmm. that it's, it's on you and the way mm-hmm. is open to you. Or like something in your shoes like we had talked about previously or right. something like that. Yeah, like our shoe magic episode. Yeah. Interesting. I love that. I love that. And I like your perspective on that because it's like, you know, it's something you want to carry with you, mm-hmm. something like that follows you specifically because it's, it is kind of tied to you. That's, I love that. Mm-hmm. I hadn't actually thought of that. See, you guys, we're, we're, we're learning. <laughs> we're learning together. We're learning today. together. What about you? I, I have so, a few ways to go about it. I, yeah. I think something else that you bring up that is really important is that you, also work in kind of an uncrossing with it as well, mm-hmm. with that spiritual bath, like that hyssop and like rosemary or whatever it was that you were using um, mm-hmm. to kind of do an uncrossing because sometimes that is your road opener. Sometimes yes. the reason the road is not open is because you have some kind of weird energy on you that's keeping something closed or um, holding you back from being able to go down that road. And so if we do do a cleansing on ourselves, if we do do a, um, a, uh, an uncrossing on ourselves. Sometimes that does open the roads. Um, and sometimes our road opener is not working because we have not done that portion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so that is something that I think is really important to kind of note. And so if yes. you guys are doing road opening work and it's not working or you're having struggle with it, um, start there, start with the cleansing and uncrossing because that's going to then make the next step so much easier and make sure that nothing else is interfering with your spell work of the, the road opening. Um, for me, I, I do tend to do road openings with candles, um, because I'm, I'm normally working for clients who are in, you know, other States or countries or whatever it is. Um, so I do a lot of candle magic for folks and a really simple way to go about a candle spell that I like to use is I like to, I like to work with orange candles. Um, Mm -hmm. if you don't have orange candles, of course you can use white or a beeswax candle or whatever it is you have. Um, but I really like to work with an orange candle because I find that orange is so, um, it has that kind of that expansive, that illuminating, but also has that kind of courage, but also it's, it's a little bit like gold. So it's a little bit like money. Um, so I just find it to be a really good color for, um, road opening. And so I tend to do my road openers on Thursdays. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm not sure why, but that's always kind of the day that's been like Jupiter in my brain. Yeah. It's a little bit like, you know what today feels like the date for that. Mm -hmm. Um, so I like to work them on Thursdays. Um, and I, I'll use like an orange candle and 
all you really got to do is like carve into the candle. Um, and again, you can be as specific as you want. Um, sometimes I just write like my roads are open between me and my goals, or I just say my roads are open. Um, you can also write in like, um, you know, the roads are open between me and this destination. The journey will be smooth and easy or something mm-hmm. like that. And it doesn't have to be like a physical location destination. You can also open the road road between you and your goal. So like the road between me and opening this business yes. is clear and open and smooth. Um, so you, you can carve that into the candle if you want. I also like to carve my name or whoever's name um, that I'm doing the spell for into the candle. I then coat it in road opening oil if you have it. Um, if you don't have an oil... Um, like a specific road opening oil, I do always recommend reaching for something like, you know, like an olive oil is something that a lot of us tend to really have. Um, if you have essential oils around, I don't normally use these, but if I'm like kind of in a pinch, um, I'll put orange essential oil mm-hmm. or like lemongrass essential oil. Lemongrass or especially. Both. Yeah, into um, dilute it in like an olive oil or or whatever carrier oil that you have um, and utilize that as a road opener. Because like orange oil, kind of like the orange candle, is a very uplifting, it's very bright, it's very illuminating, it's kind of lucky too at the same time. Lemongrass has a really excellent um, ability to sort of turn blocks into opportunities or to turn bad luck into good luck. So it's good at flipping things in our favor, which mm-hmm. is really helpful when it comes to road opening. Cause then any blockages or whatever get opened up, they become helpers instead of something that's stopping us. Um, so you can utilize any of those in your road opening. Um, so orange candle, carve it, dress it with whatever oil you have And then I tend to add an herb to my road opening. Now, a lot of people will tell you that you need a very specific plant called Abre Camino, Mm -hmm. um, which means um, open road. However, (laughs) um, that is a tropical plant that is not really found in a lot of places in the United States. And the few places that I've found that really sell like authentic Abre Camino um, by the time it gets to me <laughs> through the mail, it's like black and wilty and like not doing so well. Right. So I don't tend to use it. And I know that's kind of a controversial opinion because people will tell you that your your road opening work is not um, real unless that plant isn't available. But like all of us, we should all work with kind of what's available locally. So what I use is blue vervain. Yes. I find that blue vervain does a really good job of unlocking things to open the road, um, remove obstacles, things like that. Vervain is very, very versatile. So it's able to kind of cover a lot of different bases. So I'll utilize that. So I'll take the orange candle, carve it, coat it, and then roll it in some blue vervain. And then I'll light it and state what it is that I am needing for Mm -hmm. an open road. And I find that that is a great way to kind of open the path, um, kind of get things rolling, get things started in that direction to help you on that journey. Mm -hmm. I love that. I like that a lot. And if I was going to do something like the trip that you're talking about, where it's like a long trip with several stops, Mm -hmm. um, I would almost do that one in like a ladder spell. So I get like a tall candle and I'd burn like a little bit of it every day, like for 
five, seven days, whatever, um, to kind of like, because not only is a ladder spell going to be a little bit heavier as far as the energy is concerned to like really kind of last. Um, but it has that, that longevity, it has that kind of slow, steady energy that you're going to want to kind of see you through. Mm -hmm. Um, and I might even burn that next to like a Knight of pentacles tarot card or something for Mm -hmm. that reliability, that seeing you through that dependability energy, um, which is really helpful. I like that. You know, I think if I do take this road trip, I'm probably going to burn a candle about it. Um, just to yeah. make sure those roads are like well and truly clear and open for me because that's a long journey. I mean, I'm looking at like doing like 5,000 miles of driving. Round that's trip. A lot. It is. That's a lot. You're going to see the world's biggest ball of yarn mm-hmm. and all kinds of stuff. All on kinds the way. of roadside attractions. Yes. I love me a roadside attraction. I want to see, you know, the giant ball of yarn or whatever it is that people have on the side mm-hmm. of the road. I want to stop for that shit because I, I love it personally. Yeah. Isn't that a Tom Robbins book? A roadside is attraction? It? Yeah. There's also a bar in Portland called the Roadside Attraction. It I love that of, bar. <laughs> I Hands down, it is my favorite bar in Portland because when you approach it, it's like you're like, how do I get in here? Like mm-hmm. it's, it's hard to figure out how to get in, but once you get in, it like opens into this like kind of, um, spooky patio where it's got cubby holes and like candlelight. And then you go inside and they, they just have the coolest stuff inside and they have like a really cool, um, little poem about a witch in the, in the women's bathroom. Oh yeah. It's really cute. Um, I love that. Yeah, it's one of those weird bars because it's like, and it's not like a fancy bar. It's like the whole thing's like put together with like corrugated metal pieces that are like all like welded together to like make this weird kind of trash pile that you have to like work your way inside of. And then inside is cool. It's it's kind of like a pirate bar. There's a lot of like parrot stuff and there's like gold doubloons like set into the wood of the bar. Mm -hmm. Um, It's such an interesting place. Anyway. Off topic. Off topic. <laughs> <laughs> Fave bar shout out in Portland. Yes. So that is um, some road opening. Um, I did have a question for you because okay. in our last episode on travel, one of the episodes on travel, we, we were talking about kind of like cleansing the car. And then you were talking about doing a five point protection mm-hmm. thing on the car. But I don't think you went into detail about that. What are the five points? What is your protocol on this kind of protection spell for your vehicle? Right. So this could be lengthy, y'all. So buckle up. Um, What I would recommend doing. So, for example, I would do this on a car, you know, that I've just bought or, you know, just refreshing a car that I've had for a while. Um, I was suggested suggested in our Facebook group because somebody was having some car troubles in our Facebook group. Mm -hmm. And they were like, should I wash my car with urine and Florida water? And um, the consensus was like, yeah, that would probably be good. But if you're going to use urine, just like use like a drop. Like urine mm-hmm. is like really potent stuff. So you just really yeah. only need a drop. You don't need to bathe your your car and pee. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I would like take do a little car wash. Just mm-hmm. wash it down. Give it a good hose down. And then... Um, I would personally, I would run a little smoke in the interior. Um, you can use do this in a cauldron or with a charcoal briquette, or you could just use a herb bundle. So, for example, I have a herb bundle of juniper and sagebrush. 
I would light that and just very lightly, you don't need to smoke bomb your car, just very lightly spread it around on the inside. And then um, I would take a protection oil and just put a drop of it on your finger and like put it between your uh, trigger finger and your thumb and just kind of spread it around. And I put a dot on each corner of the car. And then I put mm. another dot on top. And then mm. if I'm feeling extra, I'll smear a little bit on the wheels as well. Yeah, like the yeah. tires. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then um, if you want to take it a step further, you could get a bundle of herbs um, and, you know, put some protective herbs in there of your choosing. And then and also add maybe a little bit of comfrey root because comfrey root is utilized in travel protection work as well. And then um, place that somewhere inside your car. You could hang that in your rearview mirror. Um, you could put that in your your console, or you could just set it on the dashboard wherever, so you have the protection mm-hmm. in the car. Then, if you want to take it another step further, take your car keys. Always. <laughs> yes, <laughs> being extra here, take your car keys and get a a fireproof bowl. I actually I have these like I'm showing Jay, but I can't show y'all. I have these heavy duty little glass uh, votive. Um, containers to burn votive candles and um i would take your keys set them on a table put the cup over the keys get a white candle or like a blue candle or candle color of your choosing and carve into it like you know my vehicle is protected or my vehicle is blessed whatever Mm -hmm. it is the purpose that you have burn the candle on top of the glass container with your keys inside of it And then um, that to me, I've done this with jewelry as well Mm -hmm. for protection. And it kind of contains the energy and like sets them. So I like to bless my car keys in that way. Um, And yeah, so that's kind of like my whole, it's lengthy. It's a lot of work, but it's worth it. (laughs) I like that, especially before like a road trip. Like it's just, you can never have enough good kind of energy around you when it comes to road trip just because so much stuff can go wrong that I think just going the extra mile is going to be really beneficial Mm -hmm. and in that too like you know if you do like your five point protection and then maybe do like road opening oil on the tires or something like that Mm. or like on the very front bumper of your car like facing out or whatever you know you we can like multi-layer this whole thing because road opening sometimes is also protection because you're kind of trying to remove or or ward off anything that might get in your way or might slow you down or or might um kind of impede you which a lot of things like car trouble accidents all those things kind of fall into that category as well i think that's cool um I like to, when I do this, when I do like travel protection, I like to kind of make space for the fact that I'm going to have not a whole lot with me except for either what I bring with me or what's in my car. And what I have done before that I do like um, is to create a travel charm for protection. And I use um, like an Altoids container. Mm -hmm. And because I think everyone has one of those just floating around somewhere in their car. Um, and in that, what I do is I slip in, normally I use like a St. Christopher prayer card, but you can use like a sigil or whatever. You can slip that in. And then I put, um, roots inside. So I'll use like, um, I'll use 
black cohosh root sometimes because it's very protective and like wood betony because that's like really good at um, like um, warding off like evil spirits and illness and all kinds of stuff. So I'll put that in there as well. Um, And then I'll close it up and then I'll bind the whole thing in red string. Mm, mm-hmm. and then i have like a travel container and i like too that when you put the roots in it it then rattles yes because like things that are like rattles will scare away evil spirits or shake off like bad energy or things like that mm-hmm. so not only is it like something that is you know radiating protective energy um but i can also use it to kind of like scare something off if i need to so it's, it's multifaceted right. and you can use an old receipt you found in your car to like draw a sigil onto or write a prayer onto or you can even use like a picture of yourself or or the group that you're traveling with and put it inside as well for protection mm-hmm. um so that's kind of like a good way to go um yeah. for the protection I love that and i really like that you say that it rattles because so like say somebody flips you the bird you know, and like, or it's just like really rude to you on the road and they're having a bad day and they're in road rage and they flip you the bird and you could just rattle that can or that little Altoids yes. tin and be like, get out of here. Yeah, yeah. That nasty road rage, rage energy, that nasty ojo that somebody just sent you. Mm-hmm. Like you can just shake it off and be like, nope, nope, not today. Not today. <laughs> <laughs> not today. Um, so apart from like vehicles and like, you know, like standard protection spells that, you know, we've, we've all kind of done on ourselves. Um, do you do anything for your luggage? You know, I, okay. I'm a, what I like to refer to as hiker trash. I oh. live, I live out of plastic bags. Yes. Um, I don't do a lot to my luggage yeah. at all. I'm just like, that makes eh, sense. just throw it in a plastic bag and it'll be fine. I don't, I don't tend to do much as far as like protection for my luggage. However, if I'm going like to a place where I have like a lot of layovers or something where I'm like, okay, there's a lot of potential for my luggage to get lost here. um, I may do something. So if I'm doing um, like come back to me work, I like to utilize horseshoes, Mm. um, especially like used horseshoes that have actually like been pulled off of a horse. And I like that for a couple of reasons. I like it because it, the shape is very much like, Hey, we're starting one place going away and then coming back to that same place. Mm-hmm. Kind of like that boomerang kind of arc in it. Um, but also there's kind of like this lore that like, you know, animals that, that have the shoes, you know, horses, some mules, donkeys, whatever, um, can find their way back home. Mm-hmm. So if you're like, you know, somewhere and you need to send your horse or whatever, your horse will go back home. Um, a lot of the times I, I wouldn't, you know, just rely on that and just, just send your horse out into the wild um, and have it come back. But <laughs> but allegedly, you know, that is something that the horses are, are known to do to make their mm-hmm. way back home. And so I, I like to use horseshoes. And so if it's if it's an item that I'm like, OK, I want this to come back to me, um, I will set the item on a horseshoe and then say like a prayer or an incantation or something like that, that it, if it should leave, that it always finds its way back to me, to where it is. Mm-hmm. Um, if I have like luggage or something like a, like a big suitcase, I'll actually put the horseshoe in the suitcase for that. Um, and what I do, and it was a little easier when I had long hair, but I'll take like, um, 
like a piece of hair and I'll take like red thread and I'll like wrap it all the way around the horseshoe and mm-hmm. secure the hair to the Make it horseshoe personal. underneath it so that it's it's like me, my energy, this is what it's coming back to. So no matter where I am, it can find its way back to me um, is how I go about that. So if you're worried about losing your luggage, um, you can do that. Um, you may be able to retroactively like do a candle spell with a horseshoe after it's already been lost to see if it will come back. Um, that's a possibility. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I think prevention is always better. Yeah, I didn't really think about that because I don't fly very often because I have a large dog who um, <laughs> probably wouldn't do well on an airplane. Um, but I had an idea come to me that maybe applicable to this is uh-huh. you can buy paired lodestones. Oh yeah. Yes. So you take your paired lodestones and you put one lodestone in the luggage and you keep the other lodestone with you so that they're magnetized to come back to each other. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. I was like, mm, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> yeah. Nicely done. Like a, I yeah. do. Yeah. I'm very into that. That's a good mm-hmm. idea. Yeah. So if you are flying and traveling, the horseshoe sounds fantastic. And then like if you don't have a horseshoe available to you, but you can find those on like Etsy and eBay, like used horseshoes really easily. There's also the option for magnetic lodestones, too. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So this is this has been good. I think that we're learning so much from each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this one, or we we set out to educate y'all, but we ended up accidentally making each other smarter on the way here, which is what I love. Also, don't put the horseshoe in your carry on bag. No. They'll probably make you throw it away. <laughs> Looks like a weapon to me. Yep. Um, do you have anything else that you like to you would like to add? to uh, travel advice as we wrap up our travel series here? You know, um, I just like to share that, like, go with the flow. If you're like, I get a little stuck with my planning. I'm like, no, it needs to go A, B, C, D. You know what I Mm -hmm. mean? Yes. Um, Leave some room for flexibility and flow to happen because you're on an adventure. You're traveling. Like, who knows what will happen? You can meet the love of your life you could meet a new best friend. You know what I mean? So like enjoy those moments where you may feel stuck Mm -hmm. um, because it can lead to something really cool happening, you know? So just have like that nice positive outlook on it that you're on an adventure and don't get really wrapped up in the plan of like making it from A to B, you know? Mm. I love that. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, Something I need to do more of because I get very wrapped up into what I need to do next. What do I need to be doing right now versus just kind of like hanging out and enjoying and stuff. So I, that might be kind of like an Aries thing because we, we tend to be kind of in charge, Mm -hmm. especially if there are, there are groups. Like I think every Aries knows of this moment where there's a decision to be made and everyone kind of goes, I don't know. I don't care. And everybody just slowly turns towards the Aries person and we're like, okay, here's what we're going to do. Like, yeah. <laughs> so I think happened. we kind of like uh, anticipate that a little bit and kind of get ready to go. Um, I would say some of my advice is that, you know, 
discretion while traveling is always helpful as mm-hmm. well. Um, make sure somebody trusted knows where you're going, when you're supposed to be back, who you're going to be with, things like that. Um, but it's, it's a good practice not to like post online, like, hey, I'm going to be gone in a foreign country for these days or whatever. Because number one, there's probably some which person out there who does not have your best interest at heart that's like, oh, great, this is an excellent time to send you a hex. Um, And also in mundane terms, when we post on social media very publicly that we're going to be gone, that's also a big signal of if you're going to rob me, now is the time to do it. Right. Um, So maybe, you know, make sure that somebody knows where you're going to be, but don't feel like you have to broadcast when you're going to be gone. When you come back, you can tell people all about it, show them pictures, things like that. But, um, but, you know, discretion can be nice. Not everybody needs to know when you're going to be hurtling through the air in a giant Pringles can at thousands of miles per hour. Um, You know, it's just not always something you need. You know, I agree with that. Um, So a person I knew who had hiked the Pacific Crest Trail, they were blogging their journey and they were blogging daily. And Mm -hmm. um, what they discovered was that somebody had been reading their blog and like kind of creeped on them on the trail and like met up with them like they found them. And like, you know, they were being nice and they were like, here's some watermelon. I read that you were craving watermelon. And they were like, you know, actually, I'm really creeped out by this. Like, you should not yeah. have done this. So when I hiked the PCT, I learned from their situation that I staggered my posts. So I didn't post the day that I was doing something. I posted mm-hmm. like a week later. Oh, here's what I'm doing. So nobody knew where I was at um, yes. in the time continuum. So that's a really, you make a really wise point, like stagger your sharing of where you are at, because then if somebody does try to throw a hex at you or somebody wants to kind of foil your plans, they're not going to know exactly where you're at. So they can't like pinpoint you. Exactly. Exactly. Keep the mystery going there. I like a little mystery. It's always Mm -hmm. nice. So don't be afraid to be mysterious. Make sure to do your money magic so you have funds to go. Make sure to open your roads so that everything goes nice and smoothly. Protect yourself. Protect your luggage. And most importantly, do witchcraft. Do it and have fun. Support for this podcast comes from our listeners. If you would like to support Invoking Witchcraft with a one-time donation, please go to invokingwitchcraft.com backslash donate. Or if you'd like to become a premium listener, join the coven at invokingwitchcraft.com backslash coven. There you'll get access to our exclusive Facebook group for discussion and connection, as well as access to occasional workshops. We hope to see you there.